And hello everyone and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host Nathan Jones, and we're with Lamb Lion Ministries, and we thank you for being part of our program today. We have a great program prepared for you today, so we're going to be talking about mighty angels amongst us. So stay tuned to our program, and those of you following us on social media, hey, make sure that you share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us and be blessed. So grab your Bibles and start this wonderful program with us. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for being with us, protecting us, and loving all your children. And Lord, we have so much turmoil in the world today, but we know your hand and your sovereignty is behind all events to come out to your perfect will and glory. And we thank you, Lord, and we praise you for that. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into a Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're talking about mighty angels amongst us. So stay tuned to today's program. Of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on this week again. Well, greetings to you all. Uh, God bless you. And uh, it's so good to be talking with you again about God's word. Very, very exciting. Nathan, of course, we always get new people every week that are not familiar with the ministry. Maybe you can share with them what we do and how they can get a hold of our resources and maybe some upcoming events. Okay. Well, we're so glad that you tuned in to the Truth Will Set You Free podcast. We're a part of a ministry of uh, a greater one, which is Lamb and Lion Ministries. So Lamb and Lion Ministries is a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Uh, most people recognize us from our television program, Christ in Prophecy, which uh, airs on all the major networks uh, for now 20 years. And uh, we have a website at ChristinProphecy.org. We've got our Lamb Lion app. We've got the newsletters, articles, videos, a YouTube channel, Christ in Prophecy YouTube channel. So many different options to help you grow in your excitement about the certain return of Jesus Christ. So uh, Vic and I say check us out at ChristinProphecy.org. Well, thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And this July, we have a wonderful conference coming up. So we hope that you can be part of this amazing conference as we're going to be talking about, of course, the storm warming that's coming and the soon return of the Lord in the rapture. So, Nathan, that's another exciting event, right? Yes, that's our annual conference. Uh, Lamb and Lion Ministries hosts, of course, streaming conferences and regional conferences. But uh, this year, our annual conference is on July 22nd and 23rd. It's the Storm Warning, The Urgency of the Rapture. The Prophecy Pros, Jeff Kinley and Todd Hampson will be our featured speakers. And of course, Tim Moore, myself, Dr. David Reagan, Vic Batista, and a bunch of other uh, ministers who uh, joined Lamb and Lion over the years and helped volunteer with us will all be speaking on the different signs of the end times. Very exciting. Thank you, Nathan. And it'll be great to uh, see you guys face to face as you and I, of course, I'm in Daytona right now and you're in Texas. So it's always nice when we're able to come together. Yeah, man. I'm excited to hear you speak on uh, the end time sign of spiritual signs, right? Absolutely, Nathan. And, and we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but it goes it goes well with our topic for today. Right, Nathan, because uh, people uh, sometimes forget the wonderful work that God is doing through his spirit, but also how that ties in to the end time sign. So, yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. Good segue. Let's do it. 
Let's do it. And Nathan, you and I, of course, uh, we were, well, the Lord blessed us. We were able to write this wonderful book regarding God's uh, mighty angels, the mighty angels of revelation. And, and people have really been blessed by that book. But uh, um, one of the things that people uh, sometimes forget is that angels truly are at work. They really are amongst us. And the Bible has a lot to say about angels. And last week, you and I were talking about uh, Ezekiel chapter one in the way that also angels are described and how they came into the life of Ezekiel. And of course, it's very fascinating because sometimes when you talk about angels, uh, people have a, a very limited view uh, of what they are based on what they've seen on Hollywood or maybe during the Valentine's holidays. But you and I were peeling back the layers of the different types of angels and also their different uh, roles that they play as they are ministering spirits and they also uh, minister to us and serve us. And in Ezekiel uh, chapter one, again, as we were looking at that, it gives us such an amazing description of these incredible beings. So Nathan, can we dive right into Ezekiel chapter one? And maybe you can read for us there uh, verses 15 through 21 as we continue to discuss this wonderful topic. Absolutely. All right, let's get into the study of angels, which is called angelology. Hebrew, it's uh, the word malik, and Greek, it's angelos or angelos, where, of course, we get the English word angels. So let's look at some angels here, especially as uh, Ezekiel saw them in chapter 1. <coughs> Excuse me, we're going to pick up with verse 15. Now, as I looked at the living creatures, behold, a wheel was on the earth beside each living creature with its four faces. The appearance of the wheels and their workings was like the color of beryl, and all four had the same likeness. The appearance of their workings was, as it were, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. When they moved, they went toward any one of four directions. They did not turn aside when they went. As for the rims, they were so high, they were awesome, and the rims were full of eyes all around the four of them. And when the living creatures went, the wheels went beside them. And when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. Wherever the spirit wanted to go, they went, because there the spirit went, and the wheels were lifted together with them, for the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. And when those went, these went, and when those stood, they stood, and when they were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up together with them, for the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Nathan, this is a fascinating, fascinating uh passage and uh, one that people get so confused over when they read the book of Ezekiel they're like what in the world I've seen so many different drawings and pictures and people's ideas regarding uh, uh, what is this talking about and some concepts that are really off the chart but here we're talking <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed the same when it comes to Ezekiel 1 Oh, man. Ezekiel chapter 1 is probably one of the, to me at least, the, one of the most confusing chapters in all the Bible, because it is so bizarre. Uh, just to give some context, Ezekiel is taken up and given a vision of the throne room of God. So he's actually looking here at God's throne, and God's throne isn't uh, stationary, or it's actually on wheels like a chariot, and it moves across the universe, or uh, really in respect— the universe moves when God commands it. He, does, he stays stationary. And what we're, we're reading about here is about angels called cherubim or cherubs, you know, not the uh, kind that uh, you see at Valentine's Day, the little babies with the diapers and the, the heart-shaped bows and arrows. No, we're talking about, about these creatures that uh, some of them have four different faces and four different wings, and they are inside these wheels, 
and they move the chariot of God and, and make the cosmos move around it. So that's why it's so bizarre. Imagine Ezekiel trying to explain what he was seeing. I don't think we do much better. Nathan, and that's a very good point, and that's why I'm so glad that you share that because there, there, we also have a picture of heaven that a lot of people sometimes don't uh, get to see very closely. But the book of Revelation chapter 4 also speaks about the heavenly scene and what people will expect to see when they get to heaven. But also we see that God's servants, these angels of different kinds, are there serving day and night. And not only that, Nathan, but the Bible also talks about that, you know, angels are very real. They've uh, oftentimes in the Bible appear to individuals. And not only that, Nathan, but according to Hebrews chapter 13, verses one and two, interestingly enough, some of us might have even encountered angels. And uh, it's really fascinating because Hebrews chapter 13, verses one and two, the Bible says, let brotherly love continue. And then it says in verse two, do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. And Nathan, that, that's a very fascinating passage because sometimes people don't consider that as well. No, uh, people kind of seem to think that angels were busy in the Bible, and then they took this 2,000-year-long coffee break, and then Revelation, <laughs> when it starts up, well, then they'll be active again. But and, you know, God continues to run the universe, but he does it a lot of times through his mighty angels and through the church uh, and, of course, his own actions, uh, definitely the work of the Holy Spirit. But, uh, yeah, angels are quite active and, and relevant in this day and age. Uh, Hebrews tells us right there, you read in verse two, that you never know where you might bump into an angel. You know, the Lord has angels in all sorts of situations and they do serve him. They serve him in quite a number of different roles of messengers, guardians, rescuers, warriors. Uh, we see him in the Bible as worshipers and evangelists, enforcers, servants, and even executioners. So yes, angels are all through the Bible and uh, they hold a number of different jobs and you never know when you might've run into one or not. In our book, we actually gave a few stories about people who believed that they had run into angels and their experiences with them. And uh, hey, Vic, I got a surprise for our audience. We have our director, Tim Moore, has joined us to jump into the discussion. Yeah, speaking of unexpected guests and uh, surprise messengers, here I am. <laughs> so so I can say that we have an angel that just appeared. Hey, Tim, how are you? <laughs> yeah, messenger of the Lord, but not at that level. So uh, just glad to be here with you all today. <laughs> it's, it's great to have you on, Tim. It's great to have you on. Yes, we're having a great time talking about angels and also their function and uh, how the Bible says in Hebrews, Again, chapter 13, verse 2, do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Hey, Tim and Nathan and I were talking about the, how, how amazing that is when we consider uh, what the Bible has to say about angels. Sometimes people think that angels, again, it's just like during Valentine's, these little uh, chubby uh, children-looking kids with wings, but the Bible right. has so much more to say about them. And uh, Tim, angels are all around us, right? They are. As a matter of fact, uh, we're told in Scripture that there are forces that we don't even perceive with our physical eyes. But uh, if we have discernment, then we can recognize that when those forces are at work. I, I love in the Old Testament where at one point uh, the city is being uh, sieged and 
Elisha's servant says, oh, my goodness, we're, we're being uh, overwhelmed. And he said, no, greater are those who are with us. And he prayed, Lord, open the eyes of my servant. And he looked around, and sure enough, there were fiery hosts all around them. Those were angelic beings that were protecting them. And so we don't often have the discernment or the, uh, the physical eyes to see, but we are promised that uh, there are beings that, that the Lord has uh, working on our behalf and serving him, quite frankly. Uh, and so we can just be grateful to the Lord God and Almighty. And of course, there are also uh, evil entities that are working against us, but greater is he who is in us than all those uh, evil entities put together. I love that. I love that. And that's exactly uh, why we want to encourage our listeners. Thank you, uh, Tim, for sharing that, because the reality is right now in the world around us, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of threat of war. Uh, so many things that people are uh, afraid of. But uh, we're doing this program to encourage you because, Nathan, at our disposal, when we pray, we have these angelic beings there to help us. Right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we always have the Holy Spirit in us. Uh, the Lord is, is with us. But there are definitely verses in the Bible that talk about angels that are sent as guardian angels, especially for children. Uh, we read about angels that protect nations like Michael, the archangel himself, protects Israel. Um, we read throughout the Bible that uh, different warriors uh, in Joshua was about to head into the promised land and the uh, general of the Lord's army showed up. So, yeah. Angels are behind the scenes. We, we read about angels that control the weather. All this talk about global warming, and here we read verses about God controlling the winds and the waters through his angelic uh, forces. So the Lord has uh, got it all under his hands, and I think that that is a comforting, especially in a time where it seems like we live in such chaos, is to know uh, even just a hint that the Lord has got it all under control. Okay. That is right on. And that's why we want to encourage people right now. We have the situation with the war in Ukraine and Russia and there's fear. But again, uh, we know that the power that we have at our disposal. Uh, Tim, would you agree that, uh, that in these times and difficulties, if we were to get on our knees and pray that God would still be able to do some amazing things that will surprise us? Oh, God is definitely doing amazing things all the time. I mean, the fact that we get up every morning and, and our bodies function uh, normally, even if we have uh, aches and pains, we are still working miracles. But yes, all around us, the Lord is at work. Uh, we take people to Israel every year to demonstrate that right before our very eyes, he has fulfilled ancient prophecies if we just will open our eyes to see. So yes, getting on our knees and praying that gives us the ability to connect with the Lord, to really tune our hearts to what he is already doing. It puts us in the right heart attitude, and so it's always appropriate. But yes, if we could only see as Elisha's servant did, I think we would be amazed at what the Lord has arrayed all around us, uh, these angelic beings working uh, for him, but on our behalf. Mm, amazing. And Nathan, remember last week we were talking about that one angel when we pray, as uh, so we saw there uh, the story of Hezekiah uh, and um, Isaiah, that one angel destroyed 185,000 of the Assyrian army. So that's amazing power at our disposal when we pray. Yeah. I, I, when you say at, at your disposal, I'm not sure. That means like we can call angels to serve us. I think we call to the Lord and then the Lord dispatches whatever forces he 
believes is necessary or gives direct intervention. But um, I mean, we hear, especially in more Pentecostals, you know, we're using the Lord's name as if it's an incantation or by saying it gives you certain powers or you can command angels. And the Bible is very explicit that we can, uh, by the authority of Jesus, drive out demons and all if, if we're gifted in that. But uh, yeah, I mean, we should always call out to the Lord first and not fall in the trap that some do where they call out to angels first or look for intercessors priests and angels and saints and all that but we can go right to the top jesus christ That's himself right. and he'll dispatch his forces uh Vic, you get, had a great story last week about a young woman who was going uh, somewhere dangerous and uh she was worried about getting attacked and then someone asked her what this huge man was that was walking along with her she's like what huge man i mean that was a great story i've heard so many stories like that or people who thought they were dangerous and they find out later that that people saw forces around them that the Lord had provided. I think it's also instructive that several times when various prophets were given visions, so you think of John when he had his vision in Revelation, that's a go-to book for all of us, and several times he wanted to fall down and worship, and the angelic being he was with said, don't worship me, I'm not the one you should worship, worship the Lord. So the angels very clearly point all adoration to the Lord. We would be very misguided if we began to adore them, to worship them, or, or to pray to them for heaven's sakes, because they are servants, as are we, of the Lord Most High. So our prayers, our worship go to him, and then he directs the forces and, and those who are servants of, of the Almighty as he chooses. But we don't ever want to get our, uh, our adoration uh, fixated and focused on the wrong entity. I love that. It is absolutely right. As we pray, God dispatches as he pleases, if you will, uh, the forces at his disposal. I And, and I, I think that was great, that, that, that clarification, because we also find uh, in certain religions, really people worshiping the creature rather than the creator, according to Romans chapter one. And what a mistake that can be at times, right, Nathan? Oh, I mean, look at the cults, uh, both the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses confuse uh, Jesus with uh, angels, or they, Satan is uh, Jesus' spirit brother. Or, you know, they always mix the angels up, or, the, or teach that we become angels one day, which clearly we do not become angels. The Bible's very explicit about that. So, yeah, uh, unfortunately, I, I think it's because of the ignorance of the subject of angelology has caused so much uh, confusion, consternation, and people praying to the wrong thing and not to God himself. I agree with that completely, Nathan. As a matter of fact, there's a, I think, kind of a cultural presumption that when we die, uh, we graduate and get our wings. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite movies of all times is the Jimmy Stewart movie, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And in the movie, <laughs> who is kind of a, uh, what is he, a third-class angel, they call him, is a, a man who died and he has not yet attained his wings. So they weave it into this fictional story. I love the movie, but the theology is quite off in terms of the you know it's supposition that we become angels those of us who are grounded in the word of god can never allow the culture to skew our understanding of what the bible teaches and always it points us to christ it points us to, to god himself and never to uh, worshiping or aspiring to become angelic beings yeah, I love Hebrews 1.14, Vic. It says, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? And then 1 Corinthians 3, do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the things of this life? So 
Angels are a separate creation, a separate class. They're not made in the image of God like we are. Matter of fact, that's why they look so different. As we just read here in Ezekiel, four-faced, four-winged creatures that, I mean, that's so bizarre. We've got uh, other creatures with six wings, and we've got angels with no wings. The Bible describes one of certain sizes and some that look elemental. You know, they're not made in the image of God like we are, and so we don't become angels. Uh, angels actually serve the Lord and serve his children, which are us. So it'd be almost a, no offense to the angels, but kind of a step back if we were to become angels. And I wonder if that's not why Satan hates humanity so much, not only because we're the image of God, but we took the position that, that he always wanted that favored position. Nathan, and that's exactly why we're taking this time to describe uh, the various types of angels so that people can look to Scripture and really see the picture that is painted here. And as we look at Ezekiel chapter 1, there are verses 20 through 22 uh, through 25. Tim, I'm not sure if you have your Bible uh, with you, if you'll be able to read those verses for us, 22 through 25 in Ezekiel 1, or we can move forward. Oh, I can read it. Uh, that would be great firmament above the heads of the living creatures was like the color of an awesome crystal stretched out over their heads and under the firmament their wings spread out straight toward one another each one had two which covered one side and each one had two which covered the other side of the body when they went i heard the noise of their wings like the noise of many waters like the voice of the almighty a tumult like the noise of an army and when they stood still they let down their wings a voice came from above the firmament that was over their heads. Whenever they stood, they let down their wings. So obviously some very, as Nathan said, odd looking creatures that we don't really have the ability to uh, relate to on this earth. But the prophet is describing what he saw. And I believe that he is an eyewitness to, uh, to reality. It's just a reality beyond the realm that most of us are experienced in. And see. I think it's funny what you said earlier, Vic, about cherubs being described as little fat babies in diapers with little bows and arrows on Valentine's Day. And then you read what they're really described, like here in Ezekiel 1, and, uh, you know, the power and the strength and the awesomeness of them just kind of <laughs> blows the little cherub babies away. And, and exactly. And this is why we look at this uh, uh, amazing creatures that God has created, as Tim just read for us. In this case, these have wings. But not all of them have wings. So, uh, so Tim, I, I love what you were saying about Hollywood because Hollywood sometimes paints a different picture than what the Bible says. And people are oftentimes get that theology all mixed up. And we, and we really need to be careful about when we watch TV and <laughs> what the Bible has to say. We, we certainly do. I mean, where there are so many movies that deal with uh, with angelic beings either coming back to Earth to to help someone, and it's usually a comedy, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's a, a romance. Uh, there was a movie made back many years ago that was remade about an angel that came to to help a minister or a bishop and his wife uh, to kind of restore their relationship. So those are, are heartwarming fictional stories that use the motif of an angel, but really they have very little to do with biblical theology. And so we can enjoy the movies just like I enjoy It's a Wonderful Life, uh, but I do not take my theology nor my biblical understanding from Hollywood ever. Although I think when I think of angels, I often do think of Michael Landon. <laughs> hey, well, as close as you could get to angelic on the on the the, the big screen. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> and that and Nathan, I love that because it's true. They made so many uh, television uh, programs about angels, and and it's right. sad that that's that's right. all that people think about angels. Yet you and I see the power also that is at disposal when God dispatches them uh, to for our service. Yeah, and a lot of them come like uh, looking like humans. I, I think when Abraham, where the pre-incarnate Jesus and two other, uh, he was the angel of the Lord is called, but two angels accompanied him, and and uh, Abraham described him as looking like men. I mean, he he knew they were angels, uh, obviously, but at the same time, he knew they looked like men. And I think that's where we probably get our 20th, 21st century Americana view that they're you know, a bunch of blonde, curly-haired guy, white guys, and you know, they travel around and uh, with wings, but they hide them now and then. And then when they're ready to show themselves, their wings pop out. But uh, that's not the truth. It seems like they can mask themselves. And we read about the demons uh, who are spirits of the air, stripped of their bodies. And Jesus explained they had to go and look for people or animals to inhabit so that they had bodies. So we even have disembodied spirit angels as well, or now demons. Yeah, I think that uh, Satan himself would like to confuse our understanding of that realm of angelic being because he does not want us to know what his nefarious actions are all about. And so if he can uh, make people mock the existence of demons and kind of dismiss it as, uh, as something that we have grown beyond as, uh, as humanity, then I think that he gains uh, a little bit of an upper hand over the world in general. We need to, again, go back to scripture and to its teachings for our understanding in both directions, both the, the heavenly uh, angelic beings who are working on God's behalf and the demonic forces and hordes that are uh, teamed up with Satan himself. And that's amazing. And and, and to uh, uh, Nathan, also, as we were sharing, one of those descriptions, if we can go there, is found in Genesis chapter 18. Now, as we talk about the different types of angels and what the Bible has to say about, about them. But I just love that the description there in uh, Genesis 18 verses one through eight. Uh, if we can go there, because we want individuals to really look at what the Bible has to say. And, and angels, they're not just all one category. But God has many servants available uh, to serve us. And uh, I love what the Bible has to say here in this wonderful chapter. So, Nathan, would you be able to read for us there Genesis 18 verses 1 through 8? Absolutely. Well, then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. And so he lifted his eyes, we're talking about Abraham here, looked and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet him and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. And after that, you may pass by inasmuch that you have come to your servant. And they said, Well, do as you've said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and a good calf, gave it to a young man, and he hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and the calf, which he had prepared, and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. You know, I think it's funny whenever I read this story is that it makes it sound like, hey, you guys sit here for five, ten minutes, going to run and get a snack. But when you realize all that he had to prepare, they were probably sitting there for about two, three hours. And, and that's a, that's why this is a wonderful passage, because, uh, Tim, you would agree, there's a lot in here. In other words, we see angels, uh, they can eat, they manifest themselves, and oftentimes they will come across looking just like everyone else. 
Yeah, they do. And it is mysterious to us. How did Abraham recognize that it was the Lord? How did he recognize that these were special visitors? Uh, how did he know they would be able to eat? So our understanding is limited by what the text reveals. But we do understand that Abraham realized that uh, one in particular was worthy of being worshipped, but that they had human form that could uh, have dusty feet needing washed, could have hungry stomachs, at least at that moment, that he could uh, be gracious as a, as a host. And so in his culture, offering water to wash and offering a meal would have been a, a very welcoming gesture, but one that honored his guests, and yet he refers to again, the Lord in that pre-incarnate visit as Lord. And never do these uh, angelic visitors tell him, no, 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 we're not him. So we believe, as Nathan already indicated, that this was a Christophany, a pre-incarnate appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is fantastic. And that's why I was reminded also, again, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. And, and sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm also blown away by the, the way that the Lord works when he gives us opportunities to serve people. And who knows, maybe when we'll get to heaven, right, Nathan, we'll be shocked to see who they were. I'm curious to see what they're eating. If they eat, uh, what is angel food, and do we get to share in that, or are we all eat from the tree of life? Uh, I don't know. I'm starting to get hungry. <laughs> angel food cake. That's what they eat. No. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, Why did you realize that? Oh, actually, it's just amazing, though, right? When we look at what the Bible has to say, uh, how interesting, how amazing it is. And I'm with you, uh, Tim. There's certain things that we, we probably won't understand on this side of the heaven. But when we get to heaven, we'll probably laugh and go, wow, look how this unfolded, right? Exactly. There's so many things I look forward to, to seeing and understanding then. Now all I can do is take by faith what the Word says and know that the Lord has made a provision for all of us, that is his son, Jesus Christ, that he is an entire created realm that, that boggles my mind, but I know it exists because I believe the scriptures. And so it's like so many other things. I trust in the Lord. I don't lean on my own understanding because it's going to fall far short of the reality that is, but I trust in the Lord and I believe his word. Mm, I love that. And again, for those of you that are part of the program, you're tuned in to the Truth Will Set You Bible Prophecy Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones, Tim Moore, as we're talking about mighty angels amongst us, uh, God's messengers, his servant. Uh, when we pray to the Lord Jesus Christ, oftentimes he'll dispatch uh, these mighty angels to work on our behalf, but our focus should always be on the Lord. We believe he's coming soon. He loves you. And God has a wonderful plan uh, for your life. But here we're describing to you uh, these angels so that you can get a better picture in what the Bible has to say about who they are, their function, and also how they uh, uh, dwell amongst us. Now, Tim, I know we don't have much time left, but would you be able to take us back to Ezekiel chapter 1 and maybe read for us verses 26 through 28, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible, they can follow along with us? Sure. And above the firmament over their heads was the likeness of a throne, in appearance like a sapphire stone. On the likeness of the throne was a likeness with the appearance of a man high above it. Also from the appearance of his waist, and upward I saw, as it were, the color of amber, with the appearance of fire all around within it. And from the appearance of his waist and downward I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire with brightness all around, like the appearance of a rainbow and a cloud on a rainy day. 
so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And I think it's important, all, multiple times there in the King James Version, uh, the prophet is telling us, I don't even know how to describe it. it, had an appearance like, it looks sort of like this, but he can't even get the exact words to capture the awesomeness, the majesty of what he's, what he's seeing. And I think that describes the Lord's glory. Our minds can't comprehend it. Words cannot express it. There's a great sermon by a black preacher where he spends an entire portion of his sermon trying to tell you about the Lord. He finally says, and I can't describe him. I can't even start. But he spends several minutes beautifully and eloquently trying to put into words the indescribable. And that is our God. I don't have enough words. I don't have enough wonder to even communicate to you how awesome he is. That's my Ooh. Jesus. That's my that's, Jesus. That's my Jesus. And you can hey. read in the book of the book of Revelation, John tries the same thing to explain the exact same personage, uh, the Lord. And, and it's hard to explain. And I think we'll have a hard time explaining when we see him, too. Thank goodness he can get into his pre-incarnate or his, I should be his carnate state where we can talk and have fellowship with him as he looks like a man. And Nathan, and this is, and this is why I want to encourage anyone that's tuned into the program, hey, for homework, some wonderful reading for you will be Revelation chapter one through four. And, and uh, it's just amazing where it gives you another uh, little glimpse there of what we're looking at. And it describes for us more the scene in heaven. And, and this is why we're so excited about doing this program, because we know where our destination lies. Once we're absent from the body, we'll be present with the Lord, enjoying these amazing things and the glory and the likeness uh, of the Lord here, as it was described for us in Ezekiel. And that's why we, we want to encourage you. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord, what are you waiting for? Time is running out and we want you to come to Christ uh, while there is still time. Uh, Tim, will you be able to maybe speak to that person that's part of this program right now, uh, whether it's now or in the future and doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, how they can start the relationship even right now? Sure, I, I will. And as a matter of fact, I'll even say to give credit uh, for the gentleman who, who preached that wonderful sermon, that is Dr. S.M. Lockridge. And so all of our listeners today, if you want to hear just a wonderful testimony about the incredible, glorious beauty of the Lord that's indescribable, but again, eloquently attempted by uh, Dr. Lockridge, look up that sermon. It's very famous, available on YouTube, Dr. S.M. Lockridge. But for those who don't already know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, today is the day. Do not delay, because until you embrace Christ as your Lord and Savior, then the wrath of God abides on you. And, and you don't have the promise of another day, not even another hour. So now is the moment that you need to grapple with the Lord. You know, Jacob wrestled with the Lord all night long. And in the end, he asked the Lord to bless him. So if your heart is stirring within you, that means that the Holy Spirit is wrestling and you need to yield to him. You need to turn your, your life over to Christ and accept him as your savior. All you have to do is say, Lord, I know that I have fallen short of your perfect will for my life, your holiness your righteousness. I am a sinner, not just because of the, the evil wrong things I have done, but because that is my very nature. And I ask your forgiveness. I accept the free gift of salvation that you give, not because I've earned it or deserve it, but because of your grace. And so I put my trust in Jesus Christ. When you do that, the blood of Christ that flowed down from Calvary, the punishment that he endured for your sin and for mine will Wipe away all of your sins. You become a child of God and you are guaranteed 
and eternity with the Lord. So all those things we don't understand completely now will be yours to, to gain in glory. And whether the Lord calls you home tonight, whether you have an accident this week, or whether you live a full life, you can live it out for the Lord, knowing that this is just the beginning of a glorious eternity that waits for all who put their trust in Jesus Christ. Mm. Thank you so much, amen. I want to say hallelujah to that. Maybe you right now, wherever you are, open your heart to receive the Lord. We would love to hear from you. You can post there. If you're following us on social media, let us know. Give us a call, 305-992-9537 or text. And we'll be glad to send you a Bible and some materials so that you can continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord. And if you're able to find a Bible teaching church, get plugged in. Let them know that you receive Christ and get baptized. And we just want to celebrate your goodness, uh, your, your relationship with the Lord that you have just started. So, Tim, I want to thank you for sharing that wonderful invitation. And Nathan, also thank you so much for opening up these wonderful scriptures uh, to us. It's been an amazing and amazing teaching. And we hope that our audience and our listeners have been able to gain a better understanding uh, into what the Bible has to say about angels. So Tim and Nathan, thank you so much for being part of the program. We ran out of time for this segment of our program. It's such a joy to have you both on. God bless. Amen. Godspeed to you and your listeners. Babe. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. Again, Dick Batista, Nathan Jones, and Tim Moore saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>